Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home. Live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. Inspiration. Uplifting. Boy, I feel like we need stories and conversations to really help to balance out all this stuff that seems to be going on in the world. It's so good to be with you this week, and I'm so happy to bring you just exactly that, uplifting content and wonderful guests that truly change the world for the better with their beautiful words and wonderful uh, modalities of teaching and healing. My first guest today is Donna McDyne, and she is a Reiki master and teacher at Energy of Serenity. And Reiki is something that I know most of us have heard about, and but do we really know what it is? I thought, let's go to someone who practices it, who has seen results with it, and who can teach us what it's all about. So that's Donna McDyne coming up, and then we have a beloved spiritual and personal growth author, Alan Cohen. And oh my goodness, I have been reading his page-a-day books probably for 20-some years, and they keep me so inspired every day when I read a passage from him. He is has such a beautiful way of sharing good news with the world, and um, a lot of it has to do with really just our perspective and how we go out into the world every day. Alan Cohen coming up as well, and of course, good news with our guru of good news, Jim Cleefield. It's all brought to you by Balance of Nature, fruits and veggies in a capsule. That's good news, if you ask me. Good news to the tune of nutrition, pure nutrition, natural nutrition, nutrition straight from the earth with uh, absolutely nothing else put into it, fruits and vegetables and nothing more. But what a wallop it packs of nutrition into your life. I encourage you to listen to the commercials that play about it because they're all real people singing the praises of this beautiful product that I myself and my family have been on for, well, at least 12 years, if not 13. Get yourself into your best shape of life with taking the nutrition that you need in the form of fruits and vegetables, 10 servings a day, by going to balanceofnature.com. And when you do, put my name, Laura, into the promo code, and that way they'll know that you heard it here, and you're going to get 35% off your first preferred order and free shipping. When we come back, Donna McDyne and the energy of serenity, all about Reiki. Don't go away. It's the way home. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. It's wonderful to be here today and talking about a topic that so many of us have heard over the years. Some of us have even experienced, but not everybody knows exactly what Reiki is. So I thought I would bring in an expert, a master that is. Her name is Donna McDyne. She's a Reiki master and teacher at Energy of Serenity her own business of Reiki, and she's also, she just happens to also be an award-winning children's author, so we'll talk a little bit about her book after we talk all things Reiki. Donna McDyne, thank you so much for joining us today on The Way Home. Thank you, Laura. It's a privilege to be here today. Yes, so um, I know that um, you have became credentialed in the, what do you call, in the modality of healing, is what... Please give us a nice breakdown, a 101 on what Reiki is so people can really wrap their head around it. 
Certainly. What Reiki is, it's energy from source that is brought down through the practitioner and released out of the hands to the receiver. And the energy is not from the practitioner. It is specifically from source. And source is your higher being. And whatever resonates with the client, that is their source power coming down through them. And it's a modality where we get the stagnant energy starting to move through your body. And we do releasing motions through the arms, the legs, the feet, the hands to keep that energy moving, to keep us vibrant and excited for the day instead of feeling that heavy weight on you. Where was Reiki first developed and and practiced? Is it ancient or is it something relatively new? No, it's an ancient modality that started out in the Western world where a gentleman by UC went on his own retreat and he was there for 21 days. And that's when all the symbols of Reiki downloaded to him. And then he started to share that with students. And that information was not initially written down. It was passed on verbally from him to his students. And then eventually it became in written format so that it could come to the United States part of the world to really know that we have that inner ability to heal our energy by opening ourselves up to that modality. So when was it? Was it how many years ago? Did What was his name again? Yusi is his part of his first wording of it. And it was hundreds of years ago. Okay. So it wasn't, it, it, it's not modern day by any means at all. And it Correct. was first, first given as, and so he received what were symbols and the symbols were pertaining to what exactly? To the Reiki energy. First symbol is all pertaining to self-care. The next symbol is then pertaining to facilitating it on others. And then there's a distance symbol that you can actually facilitate energy either across the room, across the state, across the globe. There is no parameters as to how the energy would not go. It's all about intention. Okay. And so it's not necessarily like we would consider laying on of hands then. So are we touching the body during a Reiki session or is the practitioner hovering over it with their hands? For the way that I have been taught, I hover with the hands until if I get that prompting from spirit to either do a light pulling of the fingers or the toes. But for the most part, you're hovering about half an inch to an inch above the body. And you're saying that the energy kind of comes through you. Um, is the person who is experiencing the Reiki, are they able to feel anything as a result of it? Not afterwards, but during the process itself. Yes. Normally during the session itself, they could feel a heating of the body, tingling, they could even feel a cooling of the body. It all depends as to what that Reiki energy is facilitating at that any given moment. And many clients of mine see colors. 
while they're laying on the table in that meditative state. But for the most part, they feel that tingling and that warmth. Mm-hmm. And is the person who's receiving the Reiki, are they told to be in a, when you said a meditative state, is that something they take themselves to, through or do you as the practitioner um, get them to that state or are they focusing on an issue that they would like to be healed or are they supposed to just so totally empty themselves of, of thought? Uh, what what are What is their role to play when they're getting the Reiki? Great. So their role in that is to just lay on the table comfortably and then I guide them through a few breathing exercises to release the day from them and just really to thank themselves for taking this opportunity for this self-care and to just really any fleeting thoughts that come in their mind, what's on their to-do list to just let those go during the session and just to be in the moment and just to relax the body. And I encourage them that if they feel like they need to shift their body a little bit or if they have to release tears, they do that because they're in that safe, loving environment to release that energy that's weighing them down. So is that sort of what occurs for a lot of them emotionally, um, would you say, or psychologically, they are able to feel a sense of release from maybe um, their negative thoughts or from um, something that's occurring that's bothering them, uh, even physical pain? Yes, absolutely. Because what happens when we empty our mind and we allow ourselves just to, ah, just to release, you'll feel that loosening in your body. And many times people are not even aware that they're holding their breath through the day that they're not breathing deeply. And once they start breathing deeply and just letting the moment go, they tend to let those pent up emotions of the day to go. And they feel so much lighter at the end of the session. Mm, This sounds wonderful. My guest is Reiki master and teacher at Energy of Serenity, Donna McDine. Um, You had to go through some training, obviously, to become a Reiki master. Is it a long process? Is it something that um, you have to take tests and qualifications for? The woman that I learned from, Melissa Pannone, her philosophy is not to do it in all the levels in one weekend. It took about probably about four to five months to achieve all three levels because her philosophy and what I do with my students as well is we break it down into components so that we're not overwhelming the student with so much changing energy at once. And that it's very important at Reiki level one, which is the self-care that you take that time out to learn about the energy, to experience it for yourself and not to rush through the process because then you then learn what it truly feels about for someone that you're facilitating to, if you choose to go to the next level. And how do you know that you're cut out for this? Is it something that you can learn? Or do you think you have to have some type of innate proclivity towards, um, you know, helping somebody with their energy through Reiki? Is that some, did you feel like you always had it in you, Donna, and that's why you pursued it? Or were you just interested in helping people any way you could, and then you decided to take on the courses and such? So about 30 years ago, I was first introduced to Reiki from a former co-worker where she would 
provide Reiki sessions to people outside of the business hours. And then we all, the company was sold. We passed ways. I then put it on the back shelf. And then about eight years ago, I was connected with who my Reiki master teacher is through a, a job. And we got to talking, got to friendly. And I said, you know, there's something more to this. So I started taking other spiritual classes with her, and I kept being called that you need to do this. Mm-hmm. You have this ability. Anyone that's willing to sit through the courses, have an open mind, can learn it. It's not, it's not just for one type of person. It's anybody that is willing to open up themselves to this process. I see. And do, have you had any... Well, I, you live in Japan, New York, so you probably see some private clients in your home. That is correct. And But you also mentioned that Reiki is something that can be done remotely. So are, are you also, especially I would imagine during the pandemic, were you seeing clients online? Yes, I was. And that's where Zoom came in to be so readily available at that time where people really knew they needed to keep up with their self-care and they wanted that connection. And what's so wonderful about Reiki, you don't even need to connect through a Zoom video call. You can just designate a time and day where the receiver relaxes at home with instrumental music playing. I then facilitate it from my location and then I follow up with an email to them explaining to them what sensations I felt, what they can do to keep their energy moving. And if I receive any messages from spirit during the session, I relay it to them as well. And then it keeps that communication going because the more you talk about raising your vibration, the more it becomes an everyday practice for you. I see. And have you had any sort of standout times um, that, Maybe you can share without um, telling the names of your clients or anything, but different situations that were alleviated or made better as a result of a session of Reiki or various sessions. Right. So I have one particular client that when we first met, I asked her not to tell me what her physical ailments were. And at the conclusion of the session, I was able to tell her that she's been having lower back pain, specifically on the left side of her body, and it was radiating down her left leg. And during the session, by being drawn to that area more, I was able to do those swiping motions down that left leg and lightly pulling on her toes to release that stagnant energy from her. And at the end of the session, I encourage my clients not to share with me first what they felt, but I share with them what I felt so that it resonates with them more so they don't feel like I'm riding on their shirt tails. Oh, yes, that's what I felt. So she was blown away and her leg actually gave that almost like a wave effect to it where it released that energy. And after several sessions, she was successful in not having that discomfort anymore. Oh, that's wonderful. And what it sounds like to me is sciatica, which I have. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, boy, maybe I need to definitely sign up for a session with you. 
Um, being that uh, I'm no longer in the New York area in the Midwest, I guess it sounds like, you, you know, we can do this from afar. Um, it's wonderful. Would, would you say there's an emotional component as well? You're talking about a physical release of some type of pain. How about emotionally? How does Reiki work on someone's, um, yeah, emotions and what they're going through psychologically, perhaps? Right. What helps with them is that they know they're in a comfortable, loving situation when I'm facilitating Reiki for them. And they know that they're safe, that they can just release those emotions, whether they give out an audible sigh or they release their tears or they just want to talk and to release that because they may not have an opportunity during their daily life to share that and knowing that there's no judgment along with that. And oftentimes when there's that emotional release, the physical release follows. Mm. So it's a yes. beautiful process. I it sounds it sounds so gentle. And I can hear it in your voice that the love that and compassion that that it sounds like you imbue the your Reiki process with with your client. It it just it sounds so inviting and warm and welcoming. Um so, Donna, how long in general is a session uh, for this? And is it do people usually have one and done type of thing or do they go on for a series or does it just matter? Uh, it depends on the person. It actually depends on the person. The average session is 30 minutes. Several clients do take the opportunity to have an hour session. And I guide this, the client that it's what resonates with them because I'm a firm believer that this should not feel like it's work, another task for them that they have to get to like a so-called another meeting. And several people do come, they purchase a discounted package or they just go as they feel needed. And I do encourage with my clients that regardless if they purchase one session or a package of sessions, that the session is not one and done regardless, that I want them to communicate with me in a day or two after a session, how they're feeling, if they have any additional questions. And we keep that conversation going so that that vibration level continues to rise for them. And um, what is normally a price point for a Reiki session so people know whether or not it's something they can commit to? Right. I offer 30-minute sessions for $44, and an hour session is 88 And then if you proceed with the different packages, there's a sliding scale of discounts. That's incredibly reasonable. My goodness, it, it truly is. And you provide the music. So is there music playing during the session, Donna? Yes, there is. And if we do it via Zoom, I'm able to share the audio on my computer to them so that they hear what I'm hearing during the session. Okay, and I very... do always have a standard new client special. The first 15 minutes is for free. Oh, that's wonderful. Reiki master and teacher at Energy of Serenity. And your website is energyofserenity.com. Correct, Donna? That is correct. Energyofserenity.com. How you can... Sign up, get some sessions of Reiki with Donna McDine. I personally know that she is a woman of extreme integrity and love and compassion. I've known her for years. 
Um, but the, I know that the Reiki is something that you have developed over the last a decade, more or less, and it's just been so important to you and changed your life. And I know you've changed the lives of others very quickly before we end our segment together. You're also an award winning children's author. Tell us about your beautiful book, Angels Forever Home. Yes, Angels Forever Home is based on a true dog named Angel who was rescued from the Chilean earthquake and was actually brought to the United States and connected with my co-authors, Rita and Bobby Giganti, where they adopted this particular three-legged dog and saved this dog. And what's amazing, Angel's ability as healing sessions were being facilitated by Rita Giganti, the dog would come into the room and know where to lay its paw. And so it was really about that whole spiritual connection that Angel and Rita and Bobby have with the dog. Oh, that's beautiful, especially in light of the tragic, tragic earthquake in Turkey and Syria just recently. And um, I have seen some some video of them releasing these kitties and doggies from the rubble and and just thinking what they've been through. But um Yes, just another just another reason why uh, adopting uh, a pet is is always such a, a beautiful way to go. Angels Forever Home. You can find the book wherever fine books are sold, Donna, on Amazon and elsewhere. Yes, that is correct. Angels Forever Home. And uh, once again, Donna McDine, she's the Reiki master and teacher we've been talking to at Energy of Serenity dot com energy of serenity dot com i will be calling you for a session very soon so thank you so much for your beautiful calm way of teaching this i know a lot of people have heard the word have heard about getting reiki but really didn't know exactly what it was and you spelled it out absolutely perfectly with us today donna mcdine thank you so much thank you so much laura this has been a privilege and an honor for me as well energy of serenity dot com Thank you. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Way Home. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Okay, so this is something that is one of those moments where I think I've been thinking about this for about over 10 years, and it's actually happening. One of those pinch-me kind of moments, because there is a gentleman who really doesn't have any clue about this whatsoever, but he's literally a part of my family. And why is that? Well, I would say for the last 10 or 15 years... My family reads from these two daily books every single day, and my mother is the one who gets to read the lesson, and she has been doing this for, as I said, maybe 10, 15, maybe even 20 years. And Alan Cohen, for that reason, has become part of our family. He's the author of 27 popular inspirational books, including the best-selling The Dragon Doesn't Live Here Anymore, and the award-winning A Deep Breath of Life, which is the one my mother reads from every day and a daily dose of sanity and the classic um are you as happy as your dog he's a contributing writer for the new york times number one best-selling series chicken soup for the soul everyone loves that series and his books have been translated into 25 foreign languages he is a coach a keynote speaker and so prolific in so many ways with his own radio show as well alan cohen 
thank you for being on the way home. Hello, Laura. How nice to be with you. Thank you. Did you did you ever think that you would be like part of anybody's literal daily routine and like in the entire family? I'm telling you, this is this is so treasured. I I actually have video. Um, that uh, many videos I take of my mom reading your messages on a daily basis. These are such beautifully written uh, books um, with timeless messages. And no matter how many years we read the page a day, it's never like, oh, well, we read that last year. You could read them every single day and the messages just become more important, more valid, more relevant. So thank you for that. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and your incredible, uh, I guess, your, your prolific, everything that you do and sort of the new thought world of new thought and, and self-help. You, you're really kind of one of the all-time gurus. Oh, thank you. Well, I grew up Jewish, and I adopted Orthodox Judaism as my path in my teenage years. And then I kind of outgrew that, and I, I wandered onto the spiritual path, and I became hungry for anything that could enlighten me. And I studied yoga and meditation, Christianity, Zen, everything, everything, everything. I became a student of A Course in Miracles. And then when I was about 30 years old, I was waking up one morning, and this voice said, sit down and write. And I did not want to write. The voice said that was not one of the questions. So I just started writing, and I thought I was writing some notes for a yoga class I was teaching. And it turned into a book. And before six or nine months, I had a book in my hands. It was called The Dragon Doesn't Live Here Anymore. and became a bestseller. And um, I just it just launched me out to meet lots of people and have lots of readers. And it's... Uh, just blessings and connections and healings and intimacy beyond my wildest dreams. I just feel so blessed to be able to touch so many people and have them touch me as well. When you were growing up, I mean, did you sort of have a, a, a career path that you were hoping to follow and then you just sort of fell into the inspirational writing and such? How did, how did that happen? Who did you think you were going to be when you grew up? Well, my mother wants him to be a doctor, but that wasn't my idea. <laughs> I had no idea. I made up my life as I went along. I don't, I don't have long-range plans. And uh, I was busy studying yoga and meditation, and I was doing prayer and affirmations. And it was an inward journey, Laura. I, was, I didn't care that much about what was going outside. It was really my own enlightenment I was seeking. And then it kind of spilled over into self-expression through books and workshops. So, uh, you know, my life has been very guided by grace. I, I don't plan a lot, but good things show up and they, they, they tend to work. Absolutely. And, of course, in Miracles, um, for people who are not familiar with that, is just an incredible channeled text um, yeah. of yeah. spiritual truths and teachings and Christian principles, but really applicable to any, I would say, form of religion, because it's not so much religion as it is um, just teachings. And so has A Course in Miracles really uh, it helped you within your writings and stuff? Does it help to? Yeah. 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 The Course has been a uh, probably the foundation for most of my writing, the principles of self-love and self-acceptance and recognizing our identity as spiritual beings and forgiveness and, and deepening relationships. I mean, these are universal. And so it's become the foundation for my work, and I, it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. It's not a religious text. It's written in kind of Christian language, but it's it's almost like Buddhist or it, it just goes so deep, it, it transcends all religions and embraces them all as well.
Yes, absolutely. I know Marianne Williamson is also a, a proponent of A Course in Miracles, and my father brought me home uh, um, the, uh, the original textbook many, many years ago, and it is. It's just a truly amazing thing. But I think what I love about your writings and kind of the fact that you're in the Chicken Soup for the Soul series really ta- talks about you're extremely accessible. You, you're teaching these really poignant, very deep um ancient truths of life, love, and and consciousness, and yet you make it so, uh, just so applicable and so approachable. And was that something that you did on purpose, or it just happens to be your style? It just happens to be my style. Um, I was a very strong student of Ram Dass. You probably know Ram Dass. And, uh, yes. He taught through parable and anecdote and self-effacing humor. And, you know, I think spirituality has to be brought to earth. If you can't live it, it's not it. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, I see life as a parable and I see daily experiences from my teachers and people I meet on the street as teachers. And, you know, one of the lessons of A Course in Miracles is all things are lessons God would have me learn. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that every, every moment is an opportunity for learning if we're open to it. So I just try to ferret out juicy moments in my day and pass them along to readers they are i it, i'm telling you every single i i cling to every single word and your daily lessons the ones a deep breath of life was the first one i got and I mean, it's literally dog-eared you should see this this book that my mom has sitting on our table and then the daily dose of sanity and what i love is you open each of your daily lessons with a, a famous quote generally by somebody who's well known and then you also have sort of kind of you just sort of a nugget of what the whole lesson is about and then at the end you have another quote it's it's just perfect it's not too long it's not too short and like you said it's not religiosity it is just this beautiful way of looking at life and and helping you to live a more deeply conscious life so so those both a deep breath of life and a daily dose of sanity are wonderful but you have also so many books in um for helping people in business and and creating more wealth and happiness um where are you going from here (laughs) i don't know uh my newest book just came out is called the master keys of healing Mm. It's all about healing from the inside out, not not depending on external sources to do the trick for you. And I think with the pandemic and people worried about the economy and politics, uh, I think that, uh, you know, we all need to go inside. It's kind of taking your power back from external sources and recognizing that we source our lives from our minds and our hearts and our feelings and our attitudes. So uh, this newest book is a book of self-empowerment for people who want to really experience healing from the inside out. Mm, it's beautiful. It's an inside job, isn't it, Alan? Um, no matter what. And uh, you've also been featured on Oprah.com. And now you have this coaching uh, sort of, uh, It's a, is it a show? Is it a, a video show or a video blog where you actually coach one-on-one? Tell us yeah. about, your, yeah. It's, it's a Zoom room. And uh, I was on Hay House Radio for 10 years before they closed their doors. And uh it was one of the highlights from my week because people would call into the radio show and I would coach them live for five or ten minutes each. And I loved it and they loved it. And then when Hay House uh, folded in, in its current old form, I said, well, I don't want to stop doing this. So I created a Zoom room called The Coaching Room and it's live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific. 
and mm. people can call in and log in. And uh, they queue up, and I'll talk to each one of them for five or ten minutes about their relationships, their health, their finances, whatever's going on. And I can see them. It's really nice if they choose to put their video on. And so we have an intimate interaction. And I, you know, a lot of them have a good aha within that time frame. And I love it because I get connected. And it's a, it's a cool venue. You know, uh, people aren't traveling these days, and people have been afraid to go out. So it's a wonderful way to see and touch people without having to fly somewhere absolutely and um an amazing opportunity to get one-on-one coaching by you like one of the world's foremost coaches um it's called the coaching room you have a coaching room right and people can go to my website alancohen.com a-l-a-n-c-o-h-e-n and uh, there's an icon, how to join the coaching room, and just, just log in. It's free, and it's fun, and you can come and go as you wish. And, and a lot of people learn from watching other people being coached because, you know, we have universal lessons. So even if you don't get coached That's yourself, right. you can learn from watching me coach others. Absolutely. Now, I know you have um, a program coming up. Uh, is it the Sacred Contracts? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's called tell, Soul Contracts, and it's uh, when, it's uh, Wednesday, November 18th, coming up. And, you know, the concept of Soul Contracts means that we make agreements at a very deep level, even before we enter this life, to connect with certain people who are going to help us grow. And some help us through joy and love, and some help us through challenge. And so what I'm going to do is peel away the shallowness of why we think we're with certain people, and get to the core of how people show up and why and and how every relationship, every interaction, every event serves us. And it's going to be a big picture um, making sense of our life in ways that, we, that doesn't make sense otherwise. Oh, that's fantastic. Soul Contracts coming up next Wednesday, the 18th, um, or this Wednesday, the 18th, I should say. Um, so what would be, um, because this year has been so... Out of the ordinary, nothing that we expected. I think everybody thought that the number 2020 was just going to be, you know, the most auspiciously exciting, wonderful year of good luck and everything. And then everything happened. Uh, What what is your message for people? Uh, Just uh, just the overall of how people are kind of feeling like this was the worst year in the history of mankind or whatever. How how do you look at it, Alan? I look at it as a global reset and a chance for all of us to step back and examine our values and our priorities. Just sending people home for two or three months to be with their family, that was huge. To quit mm-hmm. running around like chickens without heads, that was huge. To see the environment clearing up for a month or two, that was huge. To mm-hmm. recognize that we're here to help and not to protect ourselves, that was huge. So, I mean, I, I did a show once. I listed like 10 amazing values and benefits of what's happened. Not to discount the tragedy of people dying and losing their jobs. But on the other side of it, there's amazing reframe opportunity for advancement. And what I, what I found is that people kind of fell into two camps with this. One is people who were terribly afraid and people who decided to have faith and walk through this with dignity and their heads held high and reaching out to help each other rather than hide and protect themselves. So it was really kind of a, a sole choice as to whether we're going, into, going to go into fear or choose love instead. And the people who choose love are soaring. The people who chose fear are hurting. 
So um, that's a theme that's going to continue until we come out on the other side of this. Mm, as it is in every aspect of life. But yes, yep. choosing love definitely changes the paradigm on a personal level and a global level. Alan Cohen, I'm so grateful for your work, for your beautiful and valuable lessons, for your fabulous sense of humor. Um, you are a true treasure, and I am so grateful for all that my family has learned from you over the years in your writings, and I am so glad to know that uh, you just keep putting more out there because uh, the world really, truly needs it. And I thank you so much for being on the way home today. It's a great my gift. Pleasure. Please give your mom a great big hug and kiss for me and tell her thank you for reading my work and sharing it. It's my, it's my honor to have her do that. Oh, she listens to the show. She is already blushing and grateful. I'm so happy you said that. Thank you so much, Alan Cohen. Please find him at alancohen.com. That's A-L-A-N-C-O-H-E-N, alancohen.com. His many programs, his so contracts next Wednesday, and his coaching room that happens every Thursday as well. Thank you so much again. Lots of love to you, Alan. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Once again, here's Laura. Well, there are 34.2 million people in the United States that are diagnosed with diabetes, according to the American Diabetes Association. And 7.4 million of them use insulin to manage their condition. Um, I don't have experience with that or anyone in my family that does, but I've often wondered um, how easy or difficult it is for people who have to not only take the insulin every month, but that the, what the cost of it might be um, in maintaining that uh, sometimes forever. So I have a guest today, Andy Vicari. He is the Senior Director of Diabetes for the U.S. Insulin Brand at Lilly Diabetes. Andy, thank you so much for joining us today. Really important topic for, I mean, 34.2 million people. I didn't realize it was that many. Thanks for having me, Laura. And you're right, it is, a, it is a staggering number and anything we can do to help those of that group that are on insulin, uh, that is what we need to do. I never thought of it as a prescription every month for whatever reason. I don't know why, but um, I'm trying to imagine uh, without this new affordability uh, whole campaign that you've launched, what would it normally cost somebody to take insulin every month? Yeah, that just depends on the type they do or don't have. But we know historically that number has been very high, especially in the January timeframe. When most people are on a high deductible health plan and they can be faced with paying $1,000 or more for their insulin. Uh, oh, yeah, my absolutely. Oh, my Which goodness. is just not a tenable situation and why we've worked very hard to ensure that nobody has to pay more than $35 a month for their prescription of a Lilly insulin. And that's for everyone across the board with the uninsured, the insured, uh, people on Medicare, Medicaid. Is that for everyone? Yeah, it's important to distinguish that. So those that are in Medicaid and have a government form of assistance, uh, they pay a very low uh, out-of-pocket cost. It's typically around 2 to $5 for their monthly prescription. But you mentioned a few other groups in there. So we have two solutions that we really try to help folks with. One is for those that have no insurance or have some form of insurance, likely through an employer, and that is called the Lilly Insulin Value Program. And the best way to think of that is it's like a coupon, and it ensures when they go to pay for their medication that they don't have to pay more than $35 a month for their prescription. And that's whether it's two pens or 10 pens that they're getting. It's just a monthly fee. Now, by law, we can't help those that are seniors. 
It's a very important group, often on a fixed income. But what has happened, uh, we can't with that program help them by law, but what has happened is something called the senior savings model. And that ensures that those that are in a plan that participates in the senior savings model, they too can get their Lilly insulin for $35 or less a month. Well, that is just amazing news. And that that whole sector of population must be rejoicing about this. Do they know about it? Is this something that has uh, just launched or has it been going on for the whole year? Um, when, when did this come about? So it's been for this year, the senior savings model, uh, which is a wonderful addition. And we know, at least just from what we see, about 3.3 million seniors have benefited from this. We would love to see that number go higher and higher. It's why we do things like talking to folks like yourself, and we do a lot of advertising to help people who may not be aware become aware of what these options are. Uh, we just want to make sure nobody goes without or nobody has to choose between getting their insulin or uh, paying a bill or something like that. And does it does Lily, um, are they going to be providing this uh, in, in a long term way or do people have to kind of be a little bit worried that, you know, it, it's only for a certain amount of time? Is this forever? So the Lily Insulin Value Program, we've uh, made public statements to say we don't make any plans to take that out of the market. We started it as part of the pandemic to really increase uh, helping people. Uh, we have uh, been very public with our statement that we, we don't want people to worry and we don't plan to make any modifications to it. Now, ultimately, we don't control what the government does with the senior savings model, but I do know, at least for 2022, their intent is to expand it. And what I mean by that is sign up more and more plans that are participating, uh, which is a great thing. We want everybody that is on Lily Insulin to have an opportunity at $35 or less a month. That's just wonderful. Um, where can people go to find out more information, where they can get these cards um, so that they can have the savings, the $35 a month? Two primary ways. So whether they're a senior, someone without insurance, or someone with insurance, they can go to either insulinaffordability.com and they can get access to and download this copay card or use a QR code if they would like to to ensure they can go right to the counter and get the help. Or if they'd like to talk to somebody live, they can go to uh, 833-808-1234, and a very well-trained individual will help them navigate what the best solution is for them. And we don't want language to be a barrier, Laura. So we have translators on staff there for just about any language you can think of. That should not be a barrier just because English isn't their native tongue. Absolutely. Once again, the website is insulinaffordability.com, and the phone number is 833-808-1234. Andy Vicari, Senior Director, Diabetes U.S. Insulin Brand at Lilly Diabetes. We are very grateful um, to Lilly for providing this amazing uh, savings for the, the 34 million people uh, in the United States that are dealing with diabetes and at least the 7.4 million that are, are taking insulin on a, on a regular basis. It's a, such great news. And I hope the rest of the, the companies in the world with, with prescription medications think about this because um, this is, I, to me, this is what it's all about. It's helping people. Thank you so much for being with us today on the way home. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate you having us. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. 
Well, it's so good to hear from these wonderful voices of positivity um, all throughout the program today. But we also love the positive stories that come out of the interweb with our wonderful guru of good news, Jim Cleefield, affectionately known as Jimmy Dean in my book. So I call him JD for short. What do you have for us today? I know you picked out two stories. Can we get to both of them? Well, we'll do our very best, won't we, LJ? Well, regular listeners of the show know I have a favorite topic to talk about on the show. And you know what that is? Furries, right? Well, this first story is about a recently adopted dog by the name of Bailey. It was in Texas who recently went missing from its owner. And the Animal Rescue League of El Paso, known as Arlet for short, had put out a call that the dog went missing from his new owner who just adopted her recently. It was a loving dog. And people were looking around for him. The animal shelter was saying, uh, please, if you see this dog, if you have any any sighting of her, please call the shelter immediately. They did it on social so they could get a lot of people trying to find her. Well, there were several sightings of Bailey around the area, but nobody really was able to find her or pick her up. I guess she just continued along her merry way. And next thing you know, day turned into night. But guess what Bailey did that is just so remarkable about this story? Shows you how smart dogs really are. In the dead of night, about 1.15 in the morning, after traveling 10 miles by foot from the owner somehow found her way back to the shelter where she came from. And you know what she did? She jumped up on the door, rang the doorbell, and she was safe. And somebody opened the door. I guess they're open 24-7. And anyway, she was found safe and sound, unscathed, and uh, everybody was happy. She looked great. But it's just amazing. But they say, gee, we know dogs are smart, but how in the world did she find the direction to get there? I mean, I don't know if it was well lit that night or if there was a full moon, but... 10 miles to go right back to the shelter. And anyway, she's okay. I'm sure she's reunited with the owner. But again, you know, it just again, these dogs are much smarter than we give them credit for. I mean, this one must have a built in GPS or something inside of her. I don't know. But she actually found her way back there. I mean, it's just a miracle that that happened. And then to ring the doorbell. Rang the like- doorbell. Ding, ding, dog, ditch him. Yes. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, the new technology is saying that uh, dogs actually. Um, their sense of smell and their sense of sight are somehow mingled together in their brain. Yeah, but what about night, though? It's like what their night vision is like. That's well, really even more amazing th- to me. The point is the dog sees smells. Okay. That there, it doesn't. It's not like us. It it has a capability that's that's completely unlike humans at all. Dogs Did are able to he, see. They see see smells. That's right. I didn't know that. Yes. Who knew? That that's that's how bloodhounds work. That's how they're able to follow a path. They they actually can see the smell. Yeah, and it doesn't even say what breed this particular dog was. Just it was the name Bailey. So. It was just a dog, which I'll when you spell it backwards, that's what you get. Right. <laughs> you got that right. I love it. Absolutely amazing. Wonderful story. What else you have there, Jimmy? And we'll go to Massachusetts uh, about the story of a heroic effort by a man who uh, was driving an interstate uh, in the Boston area, Adolfo Molino Burgos. He was on his way to pick up a friend at Logan Airport in Boston on Interstate 93 one day when suddenly he turned into a good Samaritan. There was a car that was skidding off the road. It was dangerously close to a railing on the highway. Uh, there was a woman who was driving who was unconscious and dizzy. I mean, it could have been very, very dangerous. It could have been a major crash. Well, he had the presence of mind to basically stop his truck along the highway and with the help of another driver actually get that car to stop because they were unable to extricate the driver, this woman who was unnamed, to get her out so the first responders can take her to the care that she needed. Well, they both did it together and uh, she was able to get out safely. The first responders took her back. And anyway, after all of this went down, Burgos, after picking up his friend at the airport, went home to rest for a couple of hours. He had no idea what had just happened and what actually took place. 
It seems everything we do these days, girls, viral, right, on social media. Well, he had no idea that somebody had filmed this and put it on TikTok, and hundreds of thousands of people were watching this heroic act take place. And next thing you know, a Boston television station contacts him, and he says, Mr. Burgos, how were you able to you know, find the strength to rescue this this stranger here, how were how you able to do that? And he said, you know what? God was with me because I just felt safe in that situation. I felt protected because I just felt there was no way in any way, shape, or form that would cars would come and just strike me or get hit. I just felt safe being able to go help this woman with the help of this extra driver, and I just felt protected. And he basically said this, summing it all up, God was with me that day. He certainly was. Wow. That is ama- another amazing story yeah. of, of like this inner guidance that we all have. And yes, I would call it God and um, whatever these special gifts that animals are given. Also, thank you for telling us that story, Jimmy. And then also you, Bobby, for telling us about how dogs can see smells and that's how it operates in their brain. So fascinating. You know, truly, these are the miracles that happen every day. There are miracles in our lives every day. What is important is to notate them, to remember them, maybe write them down, have a miracle jar in your house, and never forget that every single day is the potential for a life-saving miracle of some sort. Thank you both so much. I feel so much better after this hour. Glad we love so uplifted. Yes. Yes. For sure. And uh, thank you to Donna McDine, the energy of serenity.com. If you'd like a remote uh, appointment for Reiki and also to Alan Cohen for the inspiration that he's given millions of people all these years. I hope you feel inspired. I wish you nothing but love, safety, happy, health, and all sorts of good stuff. I have lots of words for that, but have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time on the way home. I'm Laura Smith. <laughs>